Welcome to the podcast from Church of the Nazarene. Please subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. And you can also search for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. We also invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 on our YouTube channel or Facebook Live. You can also join us in person at 9 or 1030 for our English services or 1145 for our Spanish service. We also invite you to join Celebrate Recovery every Monday night at 630. Thanks for listening. Well, good morning. It's good to be with you guys this morning. Pastor Adrian already introduced me a little bit, but if you don't know me, my name's Olivia. I'm the pastor of Generational Ministries here. It's good to be in the room with you this morning. I want you to picture something with me, okay? It's 10.30 p.m., and if you can't picture 10.30 p.m., that's okay. Just track with me. It's 10.30 p.m. on a Tuesday night in January, okay? It's January, so it's cold, and you can hear the wind, like, whipping past the windows of your living room, okay? There's snow on the ground, but the snow's been there for a few days. And so really, it's just ice. You guys know what I'm talking about, like the annoying thin layer of ice that is treacherous. But you're inside, you're under a blanket, the fireplace is on, maybe drinking a cup of hot tea or hot chocolate or coffee if you're crazy at 10.30 p.m. And all of a sudden, your dog wakes up, okay? Um, They get out of their bed, they go to the door, and they start sniffing at the door. But then their sniffing turns into whining. And now you knew this would be a part of your pet-owning responsibilities, but still you get sad because now you have to go outside and let your dog go to the bathroom. But once you're outside, your sadness turns into frustration, which escalates into anger because the wind is literally slapping you in the face And you're wrapped up in your blanket outside, and your slippers aren't giving you any traction, and you're slipping all over your front porch, and now your dog can't find the right spot to go to the bathroom, even though they've been in the yard about a thousand times. You know what I'm saying? For those of you with cats or fences, whatever, I don't want to hear it, because this is literally my story. This is what happens to me. Um, I was outside last night in my front yard with my dog, freezing, thinking about telling you this this morning. This is my life. And I think it's pretty true that we can be pretty good and tolerable people until we're put into a situation where we have to wait. The control is out of our hands, and all that's left for us to do is have patience. But if you don't have a dog and you can't relate to my story, maybe for you, it's when both lanes of I-81 are backed up, and you now live on I-81 South. You exist there in your car. This is now who you are because there's no way of escaping it. Maybe that's what you relate to. Maybe for you, it's when you're in um, the drive through on the way to work because you needed a cup of coffee, but now you're certain the person working the window is new and that you could actually go inside and make your drink and be on your way faster because now you're late for a meeting and it is actually your fault because you decided to get coffee and not make it at home. Maybe that's your frustrating thing or maybe in this could be a little bit sensitive. Maybe for you, it's um, waiting for someone else in your home to do the dishes. Whether it's your spouse or your child or your roommate or your sibling, but you are done existing to wash the dishes, and so you are just waiting for someone else to notice that you've stopped doing it and to take their turn. If you relate to none of this and you have mastered the art of patience, that's awesome for you. Um, But if you're like me, there's probably something that pushes you close to the edge, if not just right 
right over it. And that's why it's absolutely no surprise um, to me that disappointment in God's timing is one of the reasons that people lack faith or lose their faith. And I don't have an academic study or scholarly article to give me facts about this, but in my experience and from what I've witnessed, it seems to be what pulls some people away. And honestly, a quick Google search just confirms this. An article entitled, 10 Reasons People Turn Away from Jesus, names the second thing as disappointment in God's timing. It talks about how it's common that people get discouraged in their faith when God doesn't answer their prayer in a timely fashion or when they just stop hearing from him altogether. So as we continue our series, When God Seems Silent, that's where we're going today. The question has to be asked because if people are walking away from God, the stakes are too high to ignore it. The question has to be asked, is God actually silent? Does he go quiet on us? But before we set off to answer our question, I want to make one thing abundantly clear to you this morning. I literally say this every time I get to preach to you guys, every time. But it is really true this time. This was really hard for me to to think about, to write, to prepare for you guys. Because if the answer is yes, if God does go silent, that has implications for us, right? It's also tough because I don't come to you with this question totally figured out on my own. And I come to you asking this question as someone who has wondered if God is actually listening. There have been times when I felt like God didn't come through for me in the way that I needed. And there have also been times when I've stopped praying altogether because I wasn't sure that it really mattered anymore. All that to say, I've struggled through my fair share of waiting periods. So I was hoping to dig into this topic and to justify God to you. I wanted you to leave feeling good about whatever it is you're waiting on God for. But isn't it true that God doesn't need me to do that? He doesn't need me to justify him. He is God. And two, Scripture literally tells us time and time again that waiting will be a common theme in our walk with the Lord. Actually, it says it so much that it's something that we should come to expect. I want... I want to show you. In Isaiah 40, 31, it says, They who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Lamentations 3.25, The Lord is good to those who wait for him. Isaiah 30.18, For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait on him. James 5.7, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Micah 7.7, 7, But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. Psalm 130, verse 5, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word, I hope. And I could keep going, but you see my point. Scripture is full of stories about waiting, and yet, we are so quick to lose hope when God seems to be silent. But what I'm struck with this morning is that God is not a God of unkindness. He doesn't rejoice in our sorrow, so I'm led to believe that in every period of waiting, Every time that God seems to be delayed, there must be purpose in it. So this morning, to answer our question, we're going to look at the life of King David. And if you know his story, you know that his life um, was full of ups and downs, but ultimately really teaches us some um, beautiful things about the importance of waiting on the Lord. So if you, you know the story well, this will be a good refresher for you. We're first introduced to David in Scripture not as king, but as a young boy, 
David comes on the scene when God tells the prophet Samuel that it's time to anoint a new king of Israel. The king that sat on the throne during that time was King Saul. He was far from the heart of God and no longer a great fit to lead in the eyes of the Lord. So God tells Samuel to go to the house of a man named Jesse. And at Jesse's house, he will find the next king amongst his sons. So we read about Jesse's sons being presented to Samuel one by one. And surely, one by one, the Lord tells Samuel that none of these men are it. So after Samuel rejects all of Jesse's sons, we find out about one more son named David. Now David was an unlikely option because he was just a shepherd. Not only that, he was the youngest of all of Jesse's sons. So young, in fact, he's still a teenager. And he isn't described quite like his brothers who are tall and fit, and fit for battle, right? But when Samuel saw David, the Lord immediately said, this is the one, anoint him. But the thing about David's story is that he doesn't leave his father's house right away to become the king. Remember, there's still another king, King Saul, on the throne. So a lot happens in between Samuel anointing David and David taking the throne. But we do eventually go on to read that David becomes king. But I want to emphasize something about David's story. David was anointed as king in 1 Samuel chapter 16. But he becomes king in 2 Samuel chapter 5. And I don't know about yours, but in my Bible, there are 34 pages in between those two events. David would become king at age 30, but there was an estimated 15-year period that he has to wait for that to be fulfilled. Not only was it a lengthy period for David, but it was a period of great trial. The 15-ish, we don't know exactly, but 15-ish years of waiting were really eventful. There were some really high watermark moments. You might remember when David defeated the giant Goliath and became a hero of battle. But there were also some really low points. You see, King Saul became jealous of David. And we know that he was a man that was far from God. So he actually made the years of David's life leading up to him becoming king really miserable. We actually see Saul try to end David's life multiple times, which would lead to David living in hiding for many of those years while he waited for God's promise to be fulfilled in his life. David was no stranger to waiting. In fact, a significant part of his life was centered around it. And he waited in the face of great trial. So, like I usually do, I have to step back from the story and I have to put myself in the shoes of David and wonder how he felt. There must have been times when he didn't understand. I have to imagine there were nights when David laid his head down, remember, in total obscurity, on the run, hiding for his life, and wondered if God remembered the promise that he had made to him all those years ago. And that, that is the part of the story that I can relate to. It might be a bit unspoken, but because David was human, I have to believe that he too wondered if God had gone quiet on him. If God had forgotten about the promise he made when he was just a teenager. And we're going to get to some scripture soon. But first, before we get there, I want to just pause and I want to ask you to consider something. How does your um, story today, how is it similar to David's? Maybe you're not on the run hiding for your life. But I'm wondering if you feel like God has forgotten about something in your life. Or I'm wondering if you maybe think that he's just gone silent. And maybe for you, that could be a new job or a new career path. You feel like the Lord has shown you, but it's not happening. Maybe it's really heavy this morning. Maybe it's a diagnosis. 
and you're waiting for God to bring healing or maybe just answers. Maybe you just want to know what's wrong. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe you've been asking for God to send you the right person for weeks, months, years, and it just feels like it's not happening. Or maybe it's a financial burden. You've brought it before the Lord. You've surrendered it to him, but there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Or maybe you're a student. You're in high school or college, and and you've asked God, please show me what's next. But you feel like he's just gone silent. If you're like me, and you can relate to David here, maybe not in the exact same way, but you can understand the longing for God to make your next step clear and maybe the longing for him to make it clear quickly, then I think David has some wisdom for us this morning. David wrote many of the chapters in the book of Psalms, and we don't always know when they were written or under what circumstances they were written. But scholars seem to believe that Psalm 27 was written later in David's life, after he'd experienced all we just talked about. And I want to read you two verses from it. If you want to open your Bible, you can. If you want to go to our YouVersion event, you can. But I'm just going to read it to you. Starting in verse 13, it says this, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. So if we're stating the obvious, we'd say that David knows what it means to wait on the Lord. He's no stranger to that. But if we're stating the less obvious, I think it's safe to say that David knows what it means to long for better days. He understands the agony that sometimes come when God seems quiet or when he just seems delayed. And yet, as we read, he's confident that he will see the goodness of the Lord. He's confident that the Lord is still working all around him. We just sang about that. Even though David has walked through valleys of waiting, his encouragement is still just wait. But notice, he doesn't tell us to wait once, but he actually tells us to wait twice. So really, David is saying you need to wait, and then you need to keep on waiting. But this should not be a discouragement to us because this is the power of scripture in our lives, right? If you're in a season where you have lost faith that God will come through for you, that he'll deliver for you, you get to lean on David's wisdom because he knows that God is faithful because he's experienced it. So if you're weary this morning, let David proclaim this truth over you today, even in your waiting, even in your trial, you will see the goodness of the Lord. And I asked the question at the beginning of all this that we have to come back to. Does God actually get quiet? Are there times when he goes silent on us? And I'm pretty confident that the answer is no. If God seems to be delayed in an area of our lives, that doesn't mean he's gone silent on us altogether. God is working on our behalf. Even his silence is productive. And I want to prove that to you this morning. In Isaiah 40, 31, it's made abundantly clear because it says this, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. These words from Isaiah should be an encouragement to us today. Because this is just another opportunity, right, to see Scripture confirm that we should expect to wait as believers, that our waiting is not uncommon. 
But this passage also kind of gives us an inside scoop on the purpose. Why it seems like God goes quiet. Why we experience delay. And it would be easy in our humanity to believe that there's no purpose in these seasons. I get it. In my own petitions to the Lord, I've said things along the lines of, wouldn't it just be easier if you told me what to do next, Lord? God, I don't understand why I'm still in this place. Lord, don't you think I'm ready for the next step? And the undertone of all those prayers are, Lord, why are you withholding from me? Why am I being inconvenienced like this? But Isaiah reminds us that waiting is anything but an inconvenience because it's in the waiting that our strength is renewed. So God doesn't allow us to wait to test us or annoy us, but because of what happens in the heart of a waiting and faithful believer. Isaiah tells us that our strength is renewed. He says that we will mount up with wings like eagles. He's painting a picture of what happens when we allow ourselves to be strengthened by the Lord. The Lord gives power to those who wait on him. He says that those who wait shall run and not be weary, meaning our endurance to fight is strengthened. When we allow God to work in our hearts, he gives us more of a capacity to have faith. He gives us more capacity to trust him. So God isn't passive. His silence is productive. In your waiting, he's actively renewing you. So the bottom line for us today is we cannot confuse God's delay with his silence. And I want to go back to the story of David for just a minute because all of this is nice. It sounds good that God is using your period of waiting in a productive way. It sounds nice that goodness is happening all around you regardless of your circumstances. But it doesn't mean a whole lot unless you believe it or you can see it. And I said that we can lean on David's wisdom when we need to, but we can also really learn from his story. Because remember that the God we serve today is the same God that we read about in the story of David. The same God that remained faithful to him. And we can read all about that truth in God's word. So I want to let David teach us just a couple of things this morning. And the first is kind of obvious. It's that waiting might mean enduring opposition. And I think it's actually safer to say that waiting will mean that we endure opposition because we most of the time assume that our timeline is better than the Lord's. Even if we're not saying it outright, that maybe is what our actions say, that our timeline is best. So waiting on the Lord will most likely be a challenge for us. Remember David, he waited and waited and waited, and he remained in that waiting period. He stuck it out. But that didn't make what he was going through easy. His faithfulness to God's timeline didn't make his situation a breeze. I mean, he was basically just a nomad trying to to stay alive. He endured opposition, and trust me, that's not an easy thing to stand up here and say. It's not a fun message to say you need to keep waiting even though you're experiencing pain while you wait. We were never told this life would be easy, right? but we were promised comfort and peace from the one who cares about us most. One of my favorite passages is found in Matthew 11. Jesus is talking and he says these things that have often grounded me when I felt so tired of fighting, so tired of waiting, when I've needed his peace. This is where I go. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In this, we aren't promised that our problems disappear or that every prayer will be answered right away, but we are promised peace and rest for our souls. So hear this today, that your opposition doesn't cancel out the deep care that the Father has for you. God was faithful to David, and it wasn't quick. And it probably wasn't in the way that David thought it would be, but he was faithful, and he's faithful to you too this morning. But the second thing that David can teach us is that God isn't passive while we wait. And we actually learned this from Isaiah, that in our waiting we are changed and we are strengthened and there's purpose in it. But we also see it play out really practically in the life of David. If David would have left his house at 15 to become a king, he would not have been prepared. He would not have been equipped with the skill and the knowledge he needed to lead a nation. And I I can almost guarantee that David's trust in the Lord was strengthened after God continued to make a way for him, after he continued to keep him safe from the hands of his enemies. David wasn't a perfect king. If you know his story, you know this. He made big mistakes, but he was a man of God. And I have to wonder how much of his journey to being king prepared him for what he would experience while he led the people of Israel. God used David's period of waiting not only to strengthen him physically and mentally, but to strengthen David's trust in him, which is really what he needed to be a successful king. And isn't this true in just about every scenario that we find ourselves in? From being a kid to being an adult, I've heard kids say, I've said many times, I just can't wait to grow up. I want to make my own decisions. I can't wait to live on my own and not do the dishes and not care and use paper plates and whatever. I can't wait for all of that. But isn't there a reason that children have to wait to be out on their own? In the waiting, in the waiting is where they learn important lessons about life. And they are equipped to actually go out on their own and to be successful. But we would never send a 10-year-old out to sign a lease and get a job, right? Our lives are built around this idea of growing so that we are prepared for what's next. So we have to stop assuming that God isn't working and understand that in our waiting, he's just preparing us to move forward. We can't mistake his delay with his silence. And the third thing that David teaches us, this is really important, it's that we don't get to wait passively. God isn't passive and we aren't passive What I didn't say about David's words in Psalm 27 was that they followed a prayer. And the prayer that we read from David is one of desperation. David knew from his experience that the Lord would be faithful to him, but that didn't keep him from seeking his guidance or asking for his help. David continued to cry out to the Lord, knowing what he knew. So this morning, I would ask you to think about this. In your waiting, are you waiting passively? Is your prayer to God one of defeat or is it one of desperation? We can learn a lesson from David here. It would be easy to sit back and just let things unfold all around us. But David shows us that we have this responsibility to cry out to God, to seek him even when we're facing opposition, even when we feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. We can't wait passively. 
So this morning, I, I do want to leave space for you to respond to that. If you're in a season of waiting today, I encourage you to pray, to cry out to God with desperation, and to let Jesus be your comfort as you cry out to him because he cares about you so much. And he's with you while you wait. Remember this today, that with God, nothing is wasted. So would you stand? We're gonna close in worship. And the band is gonna sing this song that says, take courage, my heart, be steadfast, my soul. He's in the waiting. So I would, I would encourage you, I would invite you to proclaim that truth in worship today. Or if you need to, I would invite you to pray Maybe you need to kneel at your chair or at an altar to change your posture so that the Lord knows that you are desperate for him. But if there's something today that you're waiting on, remember that God hasn't left you on your own. He is actively working in the hearts of those who follow him. And don't wait passively. Cry out to God and let him give you peace and let him strengthen you while you wait. So God, we are desperate for you this morning. We need you, God, because you know what's best for us. Your timeline, your plan is far better than our own. So I pray that you would help us to believe that this morning and help us to seek you, God. We need you. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. Be with us now. Thank you so much for listening today. Go ahead and subscribe to our channel for updates and new episodes. And if you have any questions about our church or ministries, go ahead and email us at info at cotnaz.org.